It's uh, now my pleasure to introduce uh, Simona, who is going to be uh, doing our next instalment in our preaching series on Revelation. I'm really excited to hear what Simona has to say uh, to us on Revelation 10 and 11. Um, I just hugely admire the enthusiasm and passion that Simona has with ev everything that she uh, that she does in serving the church always comes with such a sense of passion and conviction. Um, whether that's the children's work that she serves so wonderfully. I'm sure there are so many parents in this call who are hugely grateful for the, the sacrificial and joyful way in which she serves in the kids' work. But in any area that she serves, Simone is always so passionate and excited about seeing Jesus speak to people, about seeing people grow in everything that Jesus has for them. So would you join me in welcoming Simona as she speaks to us now? Hi, everyone. I'm so looking forward to opening up the Bible, diving a bit deeper into what Revelation has got for us today. Let me start with a question. Have you ever tried something that looked a little bit easy to do from the outside, but when it was your turn to do it, you're like, oh, it's a bit harder than I thought it was. Well, that happened to me one day at secondary school at PE. We were doing a PE lesson and we were doing gymnastics. And in this particular PE lesson, we had to do uh, a vault exercise. Don't if you remember a vault, a horse, maybe when you were a child, you, you've done it at PE, where you have to run up to the vault, jump on this springing board thing, and then you have to put your hands on it and jump over the vault. Now, this particular day, I was thinking, I was standing in line, and I thought, well, maybe my turn. Well, looks okay, I think I can do it. So then it was my turn. I was running up to the vault thinking, I can do this, I can do this, come on, come on, you can do this, man. And then I was jumping up the, the springboard thingy, I was putting my hands on it, and then I froze. I completely freaked out thinking, I can't do it, I can't do it, and I had to go back into the line and start again. Now today's message is a bit about that. It's about evangelism, it's about being witness for Jesus and sharing the good news of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have all the good intentions in the world to share my faith with others. But when it comes to it, a bit like me with the vault, I chicken out, freak out and I walk off. So today, it will this Revelation 10 11, where we've landed in today, will help us to see how can we be an effective witness and how can we overcome obstacles that come our way. Children, it might be fun for you during my talk to draw a cross and to draw, to write all the people on the cross that you feel that you want to, that you want to get to know Jesus. So friends, family that don't know Jesus, why don't you write them on the cross and pray for them that they come to know Jesus. So we're in a preaching series of Revelation and so far we've seen how God is encouraging the early church to keep hold of the faith, to keep going, to keep their fire alive. And I've loved looking at the seals, the trumpets and the horsemen and what the different symbols mean and for them and for us now. It's been great, I think, so far to look at that. And today we've landed in Revelation 10 and 11. It's, it's the sixth trumpet and Revelation 11 ends with the seventh trumpet. So Revelation 10, it starts with an urgency. There's an urgency for the gospel. And then Revelation 10 verse 8 is where we're going to pick it up, where John is taught to eat a scroll. Revelation 10 verse 8. 
Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was bitter. And I was told you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. So the angel is telling John to eat a scroll and he says the message in the scroll, make your, your mouth taste sweet like honey, but your, your stomach, it will be turning sour. So he's saying, sharing the good news of Jesus, it can be as sweet as honey when people come to know uh, Christ when your your witnessing is really effective but it can also turn sour when you get opposition when people don't want to hear your message and in their particular time it was really difficult there was lots of persecution now this whole idea is, is a bit more um, this described in Revelation 11 so Revelation 11 verse 3 we're picking it up and I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, five fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying and they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. So here the two witnesses, uh, they stand for the church. So they would have understood that in that time because Revelation 1 also talks about the two olive, olive trees and the two lampstands and those uh, those images describe the church. So it stands for the church and that the church is a powerful witness. Now I can imagine when the early Christians would have read this, they would be like, yeah, yeah, that, that was us in like Pentecost days. We were really powerful, really going for it. Uh, and, and now actually they might have thought, well, that's not us anymore now really, because there's lots of persecution happening and, and sort of hard to understand where that has gone. Now let's read on in verse 7 what that will look like for them and when they have finished their testimony the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt where their Lord was crucified for three and a half days some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets have been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. Bit of a twist in the story, isn't it? It's a bit of a bleak picture, but this is what they must have felt like, the early Christians. Like actually, it feels like the church is, is dead and the beast, which is the Roman Empire, is rising up. And all this persecution is happening. It's like, what's happening? We feel like the church is dead. Now, that might feel the same for us today as well. Like, 
what's happening now we can't even meet together we we can't be effective witnesses we can't even go out on the street so we can't even witness to our neighbor tell the good news to our work colleague or because we we don't hardly see people <laughs> it, it must it's really hard for us to see that that actually it feels a little bit like this that that the church is a bit is a bit dead but as we read on we can see that that's not the case it says in verse 11, Revelation 11, verse 11, But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them. And they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! And they went up to heaven in the cloud, and the enemies watched them. And at that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. Wow. So even though it seemed like the church was dead in the early, in early Christian days, even though it's seen in the Christians from the early church, even though it seemed like the church was dead and it seems like now maybe the church is dead, here is a promise that the church is not dead but actually Christ has made it come back to life again. And it's a picture that you remember in the, in the verses where it says that, that where they laid the dead body of their, of their Christ, that actually it's a picture of Jesus being laid in the tomb, dying and being rose back to life again. So it's a picture of that and that the same thing that happened to Jesus is now happening to the church and is now happening to us. Because when we give our lives to Jesus, we, we go from being dead in sin to being alive with Jesus, alive with Christ. We become a new being. And the same is true for the church. The church, God wants to revive the church. He wants to fill the church with his Holy Spirit so that we will be effective witnesses. And that is what we are. It says in Matthew 16, verse 18, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We are strong. As a church, we are strong. And I feel we need to hear that today again. We need to remind ourselves today that we are a strong army. We are a strong witness in this time. And Satan wants to try and do anything, anything like the Roman Empire to, to squash us and to say, no, you, you, you're dead, church. You can't witness. You can't be that strong, church. No, that's not the truth. Jesus is raising us back to life again and we can celebrate. That's what we're doing today. We're celebrating in the resurrection of our Saviour, our Jesus, who's done this for us. And then it talks about the earthquake and that only a, a tenth of the people died, which means that the rest was saved and was glorifying God, it says. And they were terrified and like, yeah, we want to follow this Jesus. So it means that, that the church testimony is effective this is a promise that we have that we will be effective in our evangelism and calamities like earthquakes often are used by God to bring people back to him so I feel like in this time of uh, of COVID-19 that God wants to use it to bring people back to him shall we pray for that I feel that God wants to bring revival out of this not for us as a church to diminish and think, oh, we're just going to sit this out. No, we can be strong. We can be powerful. We can pray for God to bring revival and to bring many people to come to know him. This is the promise that we have in him. And his resurrection power is 
powerful, people. It is powerful. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us. Now, going back to my story of the vault, I did eventually jump over it, which I'm very proud of. It wasn't really eloquently, I must say, but I did jump over it. So I just want to encourage us today to take a jump, take a leap of faith, maybe in your personal evangelism, maybe just follow those promptings that the Holy Spirit has given you, or maybe ask the Holy Spirit to give you a bigger vision again of what the church can be in this time and give a bigger vision of, of praying for revival and praying for those loved ones that don't know Jesus, praying for your, your friends, your neighbours, your work colleagues to become Christians and to come to know Jesus. And also we can celebrate in the fact that we get opposition by others and opposition because because Jesus celebrates in the fact that he was going to the cross. He says, it's a joy that's set before me. We can, we can be rejoicing throughout, no matter what happens, no matter what suffering comes away, we can rejoice in the fact that we have now been raised back to life by Jesus. So what could it look like in your own life? Well, for me, it looks like witnessing will look like giving a flower to your neighbour who's struggling or, or a welcome package to your neighbour who's just moved into the area or perhaps uh, praying for someone uh, to be healed. I was the other day, I was in a taxi and I felt God give me a word of knowledge for the taxi driver that his knee was hurting and, and it was. started the conversation about that and I prayed for him. I did take that jump. Sometimes I don't, but this time I did. I did jump over the vault and I took the jump and the joy it gave me. It's joy, it's, it's adventure, it's, it's fun to live life with God like this. Shall we do that together? Or it could be like um, just realising that actually the way you are is that you are uniquely placed in your area of influence, in your workplace, in your home, uh, at the school gate, no matter where you are, you are uniquely placed to share the good news with others. And shall we spend time with God so that that just naturally, that resurrection power, that love will naturally flow out of us. It, I love that quote from George Miller where it says, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. So we pray our souls happy in the Lord. When we feel like everything is coming against us, when we feel like we're dead, like, like those witnesses in here, when we feel like we've got nothing to bring, shall we go on a journey and shall we ask God, why is it that I feel this way? And pray our hearts happy in the Lord, renounce the lies, speak the truth and go after God because we are the church and we are powerful witnesses. Let's pray. Father, we want to say to you that we are available. We want to be powerful witnesses. We want to be available. We want to say, here I am, Lord. Here we are. Pick us. Father, I pray for that revival to happen. Father, I pray that through this whole pandemic that your name will be glorified and that many, many people will come to know you, Jesus. Father, thank you that the church is not dead, but is fully alive. Father, thank you that we are not dead, but that we are fully alive, Father. We are alive in Christ. We have been raised to death and that love can ooze out wherever we are. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, will you use us as a church? Will you use us as individuals 
Father, we want to be those powerful witnesses. We want to have a go, Father. We may, may not be eloquent, Father, but we want to have a go to jump over that vault, have a go and go for it. Father, will you use us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Simona. Thank you so much for uh, that encouragement and that challenge. Let's keep praying that we would be in the midst of this time uh, where evangelism probably looks a little bit different to what it usually does. Let's pray that we would know and experience the power of the Spirit in giving us boldness to witness and uh, that we would see many people come to know Jesus. Wonderful. Isn't Jesus amazing? Uh, he's so awesome. Uh, we wouldn't want to build our lives on anything else. It reminds me of Jesus having said some really difficult stuff and the crowds have all run away in, in John chapter six. And he turns to his disciples and says, are you going to run away as well? And they turn to him and they say, where else will we go? You've got the words of eternal life. And uh, Jesus, we want to acknowledge we, we have nowhere else to go but you. We, you've got the words of eternal life. No one else is worth building our lives. Uh, there's no other foundation that's worth building our life upon than you. And uh, we're so grateful for the fact that we get to gather, even in this way, to worship you, to hear from your word, to honour you, to love you. And I pray that you would help us to keep our gaze and our minds fixed on Jesus over this week and that we'd experience the presence of the Spirit amongst us and uh, all, that all things would be done to the glory of God the Father. We pray for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.